what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. In today's episode of The Written Compass, I want to talk about the power of your home language. So get ready, because I'm going to, one, explain what your home language is. You may or may not be familiar with that. And I'm going to talk about how this month of February, Black History Month, we can honor the amazing voices of all, rather than considering them different or wrong in any way, shape, or form. I'm excited you're here, so let's dive in. What's good, Dr. Hartman? That's how I was often greeted with the few Black students I had in my first year composition courses when I taught English at a local university. You, I would say, because I was so excited to see them in class as they were all settling in, shuffling in, getting ready for the day. You know, each of my students had their own language. They had their own way of speaking and communicating. What's good was often a common greeting from my Black students, though, of course, that greeting has been commodified by many, many others outside of the Black community. Now, what do I mean by home language? Well, according to the dictionary, someone's home language is simply their native language, the language most commonly spoken in the home in which they grew up. Now, you may be saying, Shana, we are in the United States and we speak English here. So if you were born here, your home language is likely English, right? Well, not exactly. First of all, I want to remind everyone, if you don't know, the the United States actually doesn't have an official language. Did you know that? It's kind of interesting, right? And home language goes deeper than, than just the common language spoken in the country you live in or were born in. My students were from different places in the United States and even the world, but those who were native English speakers still had their own home language based on the dialect of English that they knew best and grew up with. And I really loved embracing them all. And at the same time, I could literally watch the tug of war going on inside of their bodies, inside of their minds, as that home language most often collided with the perceived language expectations of their college classes or academia, as it is often referred to. So I'm curious where your home language has fit in with your school experiences. Did it fit in? Or could you tell yours was different? As I've shared on this podcast before, those who fit into the language of academia or school, which usually is a code for white standard English, reaped certain benefits. Often this equated to better grades, access to higher level courses, typically asked to read and write more things that could eventually give you higher cultural capital and so on. And those who didn't code switch, for lack of a better word right now, often didn't have access to those benefits and didn't receive them. This is the first podcast of February 2022. Whenever you're listening to this, I want you to know that right now um, in the United States, we often celebrate this as Black History Month in America. And writers are, of course, a part of that. Yet, if you are critically reflective as I tend to be and try to be. Black history, Black authors are American history and the history of writing in this country. And I want to use this episode to celebrate the power of these writers who may or may not have a different home language than I do or you do. I'm reminded as I have this engage in this conversation of Dr. Jamila Lyscott's TED Talk from 2014. It's entitled Three Ways to Speak English. 
And I'll make sure to share the link, but you can do a quick search and find her and find this TED Talk pretty easily. In this talk, she shares a spoken word poem that is absolutely amazing. She begins by sharing how a woman, quote, announced that I'm articulate, end quote. She goes on in the piece to share what articulate actually means to her. And she, of course, gets down and dirty and really critically reflective of this idea of being articulate, particularly in America and particularly her being a black woman. And for her, it's not about code switching into some whitewashed version of her home language, which is often what is intentionally or unintentionally meant when we tell a person of color they are so articulate. Instead, she shares, quote, I have decided to treat all three of my languages as equals because I'm articulate. But who controls articulation? Because the English language is a multifaceted oration subject to indefinite transformation, end quote. Now, I can in no way do justice to the way that Dr. Lyscott does in her TED Talk. So definitely go and watch and listen to the original. But see, she explains that she has the language of academia, as she is an assistant professor of social justice education at University of Massachusetts Amherst. But she also has what she calls her when I'm on the block English. And then when she's home with her family, she has another language that she referred to in the poem as broken English, which I would argue is really not broken at all. It's really beautiful. So why am I sharing the details of this spoken word poem? Well, because I want to keep using this podcast to educate and activate the voices of what have up until now been seen as the non-traditional, the abnormal, the broken, as Dr. Lyscott refers to it. And I want to clearly call out how unjust these practices truly are and how our Black and BIPOC communities have consistently stood up for the use of their language as being just as beautiful, just as articulate, and just as necessary as those of the white patriarchal heteronormative that have become the norm and have been put on this pedestal as the goal, the thing we're all striving for in our communication and literacy practices. As I think about Black History Month and focus on the amazing writers from the Black community, I think about these practices that have often silenced melanated voices. And I'm reminded of another powerful Black author, Langston Hughes, specifically his poem, Theme from English B. And if you'll indulge me just for a moment, I would actually like to read this poem to you. Now, I know as we get older, we're often no longer read to as we were when we were much younger, right? You remember, you've probably read to little people in your home or have been read to. You have memories of that. So I want to offer this to you as a little treat. So please enjoy this for a moment with me. Theme for English B by Langston Hughes. The instructor said, go home and write a page tonight and let that page come out of you. Then it will be true. I wonder if it's that simple. I am 22, colored, born in Winston-Salem. I went to school there, then Durham, then here to this college on the hill above Harlem. I am the only colored student in my class. The steps from the hill lead down into Harlem through a park. Then I cross St. Nicholas, 8th Avenue, 7th, and I come to the Y, the Harlem branch Y, where I take the elevator up to my room, sit down, and write this page. It's not easy to know what is true for you or me at 22, my age. 
but I guess I'm what I feel and see and hear. Harlem, I hear you. Hear you, hear me, we too, you, me, talk on this page. I hear New York too. Me, who? Well, I like to eat, sleep, drink, and be in love. I like to work, read, learn, and understand life. I like a pipe for a Christmas present, or records, Bessie, Bop, or Bach. I guess being colored doesn't make me not like the same things other folks like, who are other races. So will my page be colored that I write? Being me, it will not be white, but it will be part of you, instructor. You are white, yet a part of me, as I am a part of you. That's American. Sometimes perhaps you don't want to be a part of me, nor do I often want to be a part of you, but we are, that's true. As I learn from me, I guess you learn from, as I learn from you, I guess you learn from me, although you're older and white and somewhat more free. This is my page for English B. <sighs> Thank you for letting me read that for a moment, that Langston Hughes work. And I'm curious what shows up as I read this poem to you. If you're a business owner, what does this touch upon in your world of writing and showing up to share your message? If you're an educator in some way, what is this conversation around silencing seemingly non-traditional, aka often non-white voices, touch upon in your own practices in the classroom? Now, to be clear, I'm not calling anyone out in this episode. Instead, I'm calling us all, including myself, up and in into a common understanding that our home languages, whatever they are, are right and just and necessary for us to have a rich and beautiful life filled with words we can appreciate and learn from. Your home language, whatever that may be, is divine, God-given, and thus it is meant to be celebrated. So I'm curious how you can celebrate your language today. I invite you to write about this episode, share it in your next email, social media posts, or lesson plan, and tag me when you do. Let me know. Thank you for being open and willing to explore with me today. This is a practice, not a perfect, but I believe if we use language, our home language, and writing as our compass, we will never be led astray. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of The Written Compass. If you are loving this content, then please share this episode and tag me on Instagram at Shana Hartman underscore. And if you're wondering how you can implement the ideas I share here and really begin creating your amazing book, I want to connect with you even more. Head over to shanahartman.com slash the written compass to learn even more about not only writing your book, but truly experiencing your words. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.